do things that are just not scalable, do things that larger accounts wouldn't be able to do. For example, I love whenever I follow a new account and I get a video message from the account saying, I'm so glad you decided to follow me. Thank you so much. Here's some of the next steps that you can take. Do some of these things that are going to build a strong community right off the bat. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 84 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. For today's episode, we're continuing with our Back to Business Basics series. This is our chance to peel back the layers and check the foundation of our business. This time, I'm sharing five things I would do differently if I were starting my personal brand and business Instagram accounts from scratch. I'm great proof that you don't need a large audience to successfully leverage Instagram for business. As a reminder, this series of episodes is recorded during our weekly Instagram Live. So from time to time, you may hear me responding to comments from the audience or hear the voice of someone I've invited to come on live with me. Before we hear the rest of this episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories we share on the show can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script as we continue with our Back to Business Basics series. So the way you treat Instagram when you're using it personally is a little bit different from how you would treat Instagram if you are using it as a business. I know a lot of people oftentimes get stuck on what to post, what to say, and how to drive people to do the things they are hoping they will do because of Instagram. And I've been at this for my business for two years now. And if I had to go back in time, having the knowledge that I have today, here are the five things I would do right off the bat. So number one is I would have a better understanding of what my content funnel looks like. So if you're not familiar with what a funnel is to begin with, a funnel is essentially a way of dropping content breadcrumbs to get people who don't know you to take a specific kind of action. So the top of the funnel or the top of a content marketing funnel in this case would be long form, more in-depth content, like a blog post, like a podcast, something that has a lot of information that gets your awareness up, that allows people to get to know who you are and the sort of information you can offer, the sort of value you can offer. So do you already see that I'm not starting at Instagram, right? We're talking about what I would do differently with my Instagram. But look at me starting to talk about a funnel and things going on outside of Instagram. So I think it's important that you think about how you're using Instagram and that you start to see Instagram as a business owner. You start to see Instagram as a tool to get people to take actions that lead to revenue for you. Instagram is a fun visual platform, but it's a tool and you have to use it the way it's intended for a specific purpose. So number one was I wanted to have, I should have had a better understanding of my content funnel and how I was going to create content in order to get people to take a specific kind of action. So for me, let's take myself for an example. 
Today, my content funnel at the top of that funnel is my podcast. It's a long form sort of platform content that allows people to get to know me a little bit better. It allows people to see what value I can offer them. And because I'm in their ear, that trust factor, that relationship building happens a lot quicker. Today, something else I'm adding on my platform is YouTube and blogging. Now, I only recently started to add those because I have a different kind of mindset. The way I see Instagram is as an advertising platform for me, as well as a relationship building platform, because I use it as a way to showcase everything I'm doing. 90% of what I post on Instagram is directing people elsewhere to get them to take a specific kind of action. The specific type of actions I would like people to take based off of my Instagram content is Number one, to book a VIP strategy day with me to get work done. I want them to work with me. Number two is listen to my podcast because that's another way that you can get comfortable with me if you don't know me and get a better idea of who I am and what I offer. But number three is I just want you to get to know me in general. So that's where you're going to see a little bit more of the lifestyle content. That's that 10% of what I'm doing where I'm not necessarily trying to get you to take an action, but I want you to get me, get to know me on a personal level while as personal as you're willing to go on a platform like Instagram. So in order to get people to convert, which is at the bottom of your funnel, as a business owner, there needs to be a no like, and trust factor. So number one is get comfortable with your content funnel. And don't treat Instagram as a way just to showcase product, but treat it as a piece of your funnel. At the very top, long form content. At the very middle, you're kind of narrowing down the path you want people to go down. You get them onto your email list, you get them to you know jump on a webinar with you or take a masterclass with you, and then finally you get them to convert. Give me a one if that's making sense, if that's resonating. Number one is you don't necessarily need to start on Instagram if you're using Instagram as a business. You just wanna use Instagram as a way to showcase what you're doing and drive action as well as build relationships. So the second thing I would do differently if I was starting with Instagram today as a business owner is I would pick a primary platform that is search-based. So by that, I mean that if I wanted to learn how to do something or if I had a question that I needed answered, YouTube is typically where I go, right? Because you're when you're looking for something that I've been looking for recently is how to plant a vegetable garden. I don't know that I would go on to Instagram with the question and type it into the search bar, how do you plant a vegetable garden? Because the way Instagram is set up, it's driven mainly off of hashtags. And if someone has written a long caption on how you can plant a vegetable garden, I'm not going to find it because those captions are not searchable. So you really need to think about that and think about how realistic it is for you to put long form content on Instagram if it's not going to be searchable. So if I was doing it all over again, I would probably pick one platform to focus on that would be SEO and search based. So your options there would be YouTube, 
long form blog posts that you have optimized for search. If you are not quite sure how to navigate the SEO space, I would recommend you listening to an episode I did with Charlene McCraney. She kind of talks about the fundamentals of SEO if you're looking to grow your online platform as a business owner. But had I known, I would have started there and then taken information and content from those two platforms and funneled them into Instagram. I will tell you that today, YouTube drives a lot more traffic to my website, although I just started really putting content on YouTube than IG does. So that probably gives you an idea. When I think about what converts for me as far as getting people to book paid work with me, it's my podcast because it's long form content. People can search the Apple podcast platform and come across my podcast content organically. They probably are not going to be able to search for the content I put or discuss in the content episode or podcast episode, but they're going to be able to at least get the description keywords and get the title tags. So think about that. If you're looking to leverage social media, I would pick a platform that is searchable. So as people go looking for solutions to their problem, you are a business owner. Your product, your service is meant to be the solution to a problem your ideal client is having. So go onto a platform that your people are most likely going to be searching for for solutions on. Um, Now, depending on what your business is, perhaps if you are a blogger, influencer, your people might be searching for solutions on Instagram. So if you are a blogger and people come to you for style inspiration, they're probably searching the hashtag OOTD. And this is a great place for you to be because the search functionality actually works for what problem you are solving. As opposed to for me, who is more of a business strategist, a business consultant, people are not, companies are not coming onto Instagram and searching for the solutions to their growth issues, right? They're going elsewhere to look for that. And I need to be where they're looking for it. So think about how relevant the platform you're starting with is for the people that you're starting to solve a problem for. Now, I will say that eventually, as you build an ecosystem of platforms and social media platforms that you're on, they will start to feed off of each other. People will find you on YouTube and come follow you on Instagram, or people will come across my podcast and come follow me on Instagram. So they kind of start to have a symbiotic relationship or feed off of each other. And then you start to see more exponential growth. Um, So I would say growth is something as a caveat. Growth is something that people are after when they first get started on social media. But I have to say, I'm an example of not needing a large audience in order to get people who are willing to purchase, pay, convert. I would caution you when you're starting out to stay away from gimmicks because the people who come to you via gimmicks are not the the ideal client who's willing to spend money with you. So that big number might look attractive or may be window dressing that lets people think that maybe you're more successful than you are. But I know that there are people who have smaller audiences than I have or smaller audiences than the rock star social media folks that you see out there. And they are monetizing at a higher rate than people with bigger audiences. So the focus really shouldn't be on the 
you know, the quantity of followers you have, but it should be on the quality of followers you're able to attract because of that content funnel that you've set up. So that's number two. Number three, now this is probably more of the conventional social media type of advice you're going to get is I wish I had understood the importance of having a bio that was clear. So I would think of your Instagram bio as your, your resume summary highlight section where people are able to understand at a glance what it is they're going to get from your page. At first, I kind of just said who I was as far as I'm a mom, a business owner, ex-Wall Streeter. Now I own a business of my own. But I would say the most effective sort of profile that you can have, or at least that you can fit within 150 characters, is going to be one that tells people as succinctly as possible who you are what you offer, who you are, and what value people can get from you. So think about that when you're putting together your Instagram bio. At first, I didn't really think it was that important, but that is some very valuable real estate. So make sure you're using it that in a way that helps to convert people. Tell them who you are, tell them what value you can offer, and offer them a gift right off the bat, whether it's like a free downloadable, a free coupon, or a free product that they can get. Think about what it is you want to do with that real estate and see it as more than a place where you can put your name. There are certain people who are taking advantage of the very little SEO capacity that Instagram has, and they're using their name on Instagram as a way to capture people who are searching. So if you search Dallas blogger, for example, there are people whose names are Sewa Dallas blogger. And when you search Dallas blogger, even if you're looking for hashtags, they come up first because they have used that valuable real estate on their profile to attract people. So don't underestimate the value of a good profile bio on Instagram. So number four thing I wish I had done earlier on was to do things that are not scalable on Instagram specifically. By that, I mean, when your account is huge, there are certain things that you can't physically do by yourself unless you have a team of people who are helping you. And by certain things, I mean, Things like responding to every single comment that's put under your images. Things like responding to every single DM. I've come across profiles that I love to follow, but they have a million followers. And I think for this specific account I'm thinking of, they've made the conscious choice to just not respond to anyone. Unless it's like a personal friend of theirs, then you will see them go in and comment. But as a rule, I, I scroll underneath their images and there are no responses to any comments. And for me, I think that also defeats the purpose of my engaging with you if you're never going to engage back. So I think in their case, they probably just needed to hire somebody to help them with it because their account has just gotten so big that it's lost the community aspect of it. So think about that. Do things that are just not scalable. Do things that larger accounts wouldn't be able to do. For example, I love whenever I join a new account or follow a new account and I get a video 
message from the person from the account saying, I'm so glad you decided to follow me. Thank you so much. Here's some of the next steps that you can take. And that's something that I adopted for a while on my podcast uh, Instagram page, where I was sending voice memos to people, thanking them for joining, letting them know what the next steps can be as far as, you know, subscribing to the podcast or letting them know about upcoming events that we have for the platform. So do some of these things that are going to build a strong community right off the bat. So there is a concept called the a thousand true fans concept where it essentially says you only need a thousand people, a thousand true fans to make a decent living off of your platform. Meaning that if you have a thousand people that you've made to feel at home, that you've welcomed them onto your platform, that you're always commenting on their stuff every single day, you're always, you know, checking on them in the DMs saying, hey, I haven't seen you post in a couple of days. Hopefully everything is okay. Or if it's their birthday, just kind of sending them a little bit of birthday love. That's those are little things that people are going to appreciate. And as you are building, you're going to see the people who are true blue that ride with you as people grow. They become like your community police because new people come in. They, they're just not acting right. Those are the people that are going to jump in your comments and police for you. So when you're starting out, think about how you can build strong, lasting relationships, because those are going to be your ambassadors. Those are the people who are going to go out and bring people into your community because you've taken the time to do things that are not scalable. And those are things I wish I had done much earlier on that now I see are paying dividends because I don't have a platform that's so large that I can't do all of these things. I see people who have large, large, larger followings, like hundreds of thousands that still are in their DMs every day, that still are in their comments every day, because that's just something that is valuable to them. That's just a value that they have, that they value people and they value the community and they want to engage with them. So think about those things that you can do that are not scalable when you're a much bigger account, start doing them now, start building that community of a thousand true fans, because that is going to serve you later on down the road. So that was number four. Number five, I would say is I I had a hard time picking between number five. So we might have a number six. So number five is create shareable content because shareable content is more likely to go viral and then bring more traffic back to you. So what is shareable content? Shareable content is something I create more on my podcast Instagram than I do on my personal Instagram, although I'm trying to find ways to incorporate that more because I do understand that if you create content that people are excited to share without you having to prompt them, then the content does its work for you as far as growing people's awareness of who you are and what you do. So what's an example of shareable content? I would say quotes are an easy one that people love to share because the message is right there in the image. They don't have to read a deep caption to get the message of what you're saying. So that's number one. Number two, I would say graphics that have stats on something that's relevant to your audience. Graphics also that have the information right there that people can save and reference later. So think about whatever that means in your niche. If you are someone that's more of a fitness guru and people come to you for fitness 
or nutrition as well, maybe you can start to post graphics of what you can eat in a day and how many calories each of those things are, or the top five exercise moves that you can do today in order to have a great workout for a 30 minute slot. Whatever it is, think about how you can start to create shareable content in your niche. Because I would say on the podcast side of things, I do share audio clips, but that's not something that people are as excited to share. What people are very excited to share is when I create quote graphics that have like the hardest hitting quotes from the conversations that I've had. Other than that, I would say whenever I take graphics or take pertinent information from the podcast episode and then incorporate it into a graphic, people are more likely to share that sort of content. And so if you want people to share your content and have your content work for you in that way, on Instagram, you're going to have to do more than images. If you're a business owner and your goal is to grow revenue-wise and use social media to do that, you have to turn people into your ambassadors, not only by making them part of your 1,000 true fan, but also by creating content that doesn't require you to prompt people to share it. So that is number five. I think I am going to add a number six, and I'm going to put this on as a bonus because this was my last point during our last live as well, um, was I would have done more collaborations earlier on. So when you're starting out as a business owner and you're trying to leverage social media as a platform that allows you to not only market yourself, but your products and services, I would encourage you to partner with people who are in your niche, who are at your level. So I think this is a mistake that people make oftentimes or business owners and personal brands make is they are always reaching for the rock stars in their field, the people who have a million followers. So there are some people who are just so down to earth that no matter how small your account is, they are still going to accept your invitation to do a collaboration or come on your podcast or what have you. But I don't know that that makes as much sense because just looking at the data out there from people that I have been doing work with, it just seems as though people within your same niche are going to give you the biggest return on your investment because you're growing at the same level. And these are the peers that you can collaborate with and then grow together with. So at a point when you are all popping, you've gotten to that level and that stage in your business careers where you are doing great in your own field, you have that built in network. People who are already you know, doing tens of millions of dollars in their business and have an audience that has matured with them along the way, they're not necessarily, they're not at the same place as you are. They really are not. So I would encourage you to do collaborations on social media that are with people who have similar levels of followers, that you have audiences that are not exactly the same, but that overlap. So be mindful of that. And when I say collaborations, I don't mean the loop giveaways, the follow for follows. Thankfully, I think I started on social media when that sort of thing was fizzling out, but you still see the follow for follows, the loop giveaways. And then the other thing people were doing was the pods. I think this probably still exists where people are um, joining a pod of people who will follow you because you follow them and then like your stuff because you're going to like their stuff. Unfortunately, that is not a viable way to grow in the future because there are people 
who see them liking your stuff and sharing your stuff probably are not the people that you need to adapt your platform in order to grow your business. So you got to think about whether or not that stuff is viable because from the giveaways, people will follow you just to get the giveaway prize. And when they don't win, they unfollow. And so then you kind of have this up and down um, roller coaster ride of followers and people coming through your platform. And those are the people that are just going to give you the biggest headaches and kind of troll in your comments because they didn't come to you through that content funnel that you set up. They didn't come to you because they intentionally picked up the breadcrumbs that you laid out there for them. So think about that when you're looking to grow. Collaborations are great. Collaborations are a good way to get to know people who will voluntarily come onto your platform if the content you have is up their alley. So think about that. So for anyone who's just joining us, I just wrapped up five ways I would approach Instagram differently if I was starting Instagram from scratch for my business. When people come onto my platform or my Instagram page, so Terry, you're saying I heard the branded infographics and quote suggestion. Yes. So that is definitely a great sort of content to put out that's shareable. And if I were starting again, that's something that I would do. So when people come onto my page, the three actions I want them to take are listen to my podcast, book a VIP day with me, get to know me. But then now I'm going to be adding a fourth action I want people to take, which is to enroll in my course. So a few weeks ago, I set out a poll to my mailing list and I put out a poll here on Instagram, letting people know that I was looking to provide more affordable ways people could work with me because I know not everyone can afford the VIP day. And I did a little bit of mining to understand what it is you wanted to learn from me. And you guys have been great about giving me feedback. So stay tuned because I will be releasing a course and this is going to be an opportunity for you guys to work with me, but not only work with me, but also get to know other people who are trying to build like you are. Because that's some feedback I got that it's difficult as business owners who are starting out, who are at different phases in our journey to find people who are you know, there and working hard and trying to build. So stay tuned for that. Thank you everyone for jumping on today. And I appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.